Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. I am Marcy. I will be hosting our chat for today. With me, as always, I have the lovely Kim Schlag and Katie Crocus. How you ladies doing? Hi. Hi. Great. Thanks. Doing well. Doing well. Happy to be here. uh, Yes, ma'am. So what's been uh, new with you ladies this week or since we last spoke? Since we last spoke. Uh. Oh, look, we just started chatting a little bit. I'm very excited. I'm finally going on a little more. Well, finally, I just went to Utah last month. I'm very excited to go on another trip. Just a quick weekend trip. My husband and I are heading down to Key West, Florida. I have never, ever been to that part of Florida before. Have you ladies been there? Not to Key West. No, not to Key West. I've been to Miami very briefly overnight when I was leaving for a cruise and I was probably 10. So I don't remember it, Um, but I've heard amazing things about Key West. Yeah. I've got, I've spent tons of time in Florida. I used to live there when I was 18, just for like six months. I lived, I I lived at Walt Disney world. I worked on their college program. So I've lived in multiple places in Florida, visited a lot, never been down to the keys. I have a friend who just got back. She said, it just has the coolest Island vibe. Like you feel like you're, you know, Mm -hmm. in the Island. So I'm really excited. Which is nice because you get that kind of like island vibe, like you're really out of the United States, but you don't have to travel too far. So that's what I hear. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing stories and just living vicariously through you. One thing you have to do, Kim, is eat the pie. I've seen pictures of this amazing key lime pie. Oh my gosh, ladies, that's so funny. I hadn't even, I had not even associated those two things. Key lime pie, that's from Key West? I, yes, I'm assuming so. Well, I think it's like they're, they are known for that dessert. So why yeah. do, I don't know why I never put those two things together. I love key lime pie. So yes, if that's where it's from, I shall be showing pictures of key li- me and some pie this weekend. <laughs> Yum. And uh, we were chatting a little bit about what your plans are for the vacation. So you said you're going to be snorkeling. Yes. So my husband really, he's an avid snorkeler. And obviously in Pennsylvania, I haven't gone many places uh, except for Utah. There's been no snorkeling. And so I I booked this trip for him for his birthday uh, last month. And this apparently is one of the best places to snorkel in the U.S. And every time I have gone snorkeling with him, we've gone all over like Mexico and Hawaii, all these things. I always just feel like such like I get a little claustrophobic after a while. And I have to like rip that mask off and take those flippers off and just like swim on my (laughs) own. swim on my own. It feels like I'm not very coordinated with those flippers. Are you ladies good at it? I I wouldn't say I'm good at it by any means. No, I've only done it a couple of times, but funny story. So the cruise that I was telling you about that I went on, I think it was summer going into fourth grade. So we left out of Miami and we went to the, what is it? Eastern Caribbean, which is the spot to go. So St. Thomas and um, I can't remember where else we went. But anyway, so it was my, where St. Thomas and St. John's are right next to each other. Often people will do yeah, so Vir- Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, but we went snorkeling in St. Thomas and I was so afraid. I do not like fish fish oh. <laughs> scare the living hell out of me. I think there's so many people go snorkeling <laughs> and then anyone who's like the fish are more scared of you. It's like, no, really. I'm more scared of the fish. So, yeah, don't go snorkeling. If you're afraid of fish. <laughs> no. So it, it was my first time I ended up doing it. It was, it was lovely. Like I had a fine experience that I feel like the mask is a little bit more cumbersome than the, the flippers. So I was like, all right, this isn't so bad. I came back to shore, hung out for a little bit. And then my dad asked me if I wanted to go again. And I said, okay, sure. So we swam out pretty far and I ran into a giant barracuda. If you have ever seen one of those things, no. like 
Oh, it like swam right over my head. It was awful. <laughs> I was okay, traumatized. Talk about scary like, fish. Back I go. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the next time I went was in high school. A friend of mine and I, we were snorkeling in Hawaii and we both don't like fish. So we decided to rent boogie boards. So we were like out of the water. Like, so you, our faces were in with the mask, but we were swimming on the boogie boards and it was a much better experience. Oh, nice. That's a huh. smart idea. That's a good tip. Smart idea. Yeah. So like that's my experience. Take for, take it for what you will. I like that. Well, if we do any snorkeling off the shore, I could do that. We're going on a tour where we get on a boat and go somewhere. Oh yeah. It's probably not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to work. It'll work on your flipper <laughs> skills. I'm glad you got I, one in though, an appointment in, because my understanding is a lot of those experience events are being are full at this point like don't try to go out to Hawaii without all your dinner reservations lined up and all of your events booked like two months prior I've heard that people stuck there like without a car without food just like (laughs) everything is full because there's been an onslaught of everybody going on vacation and on the islands resources are limited yeah, yeah exactly. I 100% heard the same thing a few weeks ago. I was being kind of laid back about all this and I was just going to, I don't know, maybe sometime this week, book all this stuff. And a couple of weeks ago, I had a friend who found out from another friend that I was doing this. She's like, we're going like nine days before you. Like, what have you booked? I can't find anything to book. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? But she had a party of like 12 or 14. So I immediately that day got on and like booked this snorkel tour and booked our restaurant and and all that stuff. I already had the hotel, but so we definitely have some snorkeling tour booked and a, and a good restaurant to go to. Good for you. Excellent. Enjoy. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I'm up to. What about you, Katie? Oh gosh. You know, and give it my. I don't have much happening in my world currently. I will. You know what? I woke up in kind of a rough spot this morning, and I certainly won't make this a therapy session. But like every now and then, you know, you just kind of get out of bed. You're like, it's. I'm having a bad body image day. I'm having a bad like hair day. I'm having like nothing feels good. Like this workout sucks. Like that was my day today, and um, you know, it, it was hard to get out of the funk. And so I'm seeing you, ladies, is actually making me feel really, really good right now. And I think it's just a reminder that sometimes when I get in my own head, I need to just like leave my personal sphere of influence and like see a fresh face and like remind myself about all the, like the, the positivity going on in my world and in my life right now. And I think particularly for me, when it comes to like a bad body image day, which, which still happens, um, you know, I, I try to remember like, where are things better than they've ever been in my life? Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'm 42 years old and I'm stronger than I'm ever, I've ever been. I've been getting all-star sleep for the last several weeks. Like things overall are good. And so I just had to sort of like pull myself up by my bootstraps and be like, get over yourself, Katie. Things are actually pretty good. But um, yeah, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see you guys and your well, smiling We all have those moments. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting you say that because I have been having many conversations with clients about bad body image days. And just like you, Katie, and I'm sure Kim as well, I experience them from time to time too. So just because we're coaches or fitness really isn't a challenge for us anymore, you know, neither is our nutrition really doesn't mean that we don't still fall into that mindset from time to time. So after the podcast, I was going to say, cause we always set up what the next topic is going to be. Maybe we should talk about body image because yeah. it's very real. I'm you know? writing that down right now. So we don't forget. 
people. And I think we're all in very kind of like interesting seasons of not only our life, but our, our journey with our fitness at this point. Um, and it's certainly not, well, Kim, you are in fat loss, but I know prior to that, you know, you have put on some weight with your illness and Katie and I are in more of a, a build or maintenance type season and that can come with its challenges. So yeah, I totally hear you, Katie. And, and I kind of woke up on the wrong side of the bed the past couple of days with my sleep has been really great lately too. And then the past couple of nights, you know, not so hot. So mm-hmm. reminder to Marcy, don't drink a, a rain <laughs> at seven o'clock in the evening when you're trying to get through your leg workout, you're not going to sleep. So yes, I know. But anyway, speaking of that, it ties nicely into today's topic. We are going to be discussing group fitness classes. I know this is a hot topic, a highly debated topic and can really ruffle some feathers, so to speak, but I think it's an important one to talk about, but I do want to chat really briefly get the listeners up to speed on our current workouts, what we are each doing, how we are enjoying those, what our goal is. And then we will segue into talking about group fitness. So Kimmy, let's start with you. So I am, my main goal right now is to be ready for my Grand Canyon rim rim and one day hike in September. So that's the focus of my training. Um, I'm also, I've only been back to training since January after being off for those months. My strength is back. My endurance is back. I'm still sticking with three days a week currently, which is a new thing for me. I've been four days per week if not five, I had been five and then four for like the last seven years. So it's weird to only have three strength training days. But, um, at first that was just to ease myself back in. And now it's because I've added in a long hike day and a running the stadiums day, not run. Why would I even say that? I'm not running stadiums. I am uh, rucking them with my heavy pack on my back. Um, I just did that for 40 minutes today. And I got to tell you, I don't love it, but I really feel super accomplished when I'm done that. Holy cow. I'm Today, I just felt so much stronger than I did last week. And um, next week, I'm upping it to an hour. So Ooh, that's, that's, some, that's some progressive overload right there. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. I love it. Katie, what about you? So right now, I'm running a program uh, that was written by Dr. John Russin. It's called um, Functional Hypertrophy Training. I think it's like his cornerstone program, the, the one that everything else he currently does has been built from. And it is a five-day split. It's kind of a bro split because I'm in a building phase. I really wanted to focus on, you know, uh, the, the, the three different phases of programming that really um, will allow me to focus on, you know, strength, hypertrophy, and then a little bit of um, muscular endurance as well. And this programming has it all built into each phase. So Monday, I've got an upper day, a lower day, a back day. And then there's a hypertrophy legs, hypertrophy arms. And within all of those days, there's a little bit of everything. So there's like, you know, the, the five by five of like the big lift, like it, like, is it a squat today? Is it a bench today? And as the workout progresses, it gets a little bit more intense. So I'm finishing every workout with some sort of metabolic finisher. Like today I did 10 rounds of 20 kettlebell swings, um, with like 15 seconds rest in between. And, and I was just 
crushed at the end. Like it, they, they're, they start out and I feel really great and strong and I love them. And they're like soul crushing by the end. I um, love that's like the only kind of cardio I personally love. I exactly. think like doing yeah. Metcons, especially doing kettlebell swinglets. I think they're fun. Yeah. And, and, it, way. and it is, and it's over fast. That's the thing. It's not like a 40 mm-hmm. minute rock session where you're like, like, how do I steer? Like, how do I sort of just focus and get through it? It's like, it's done in two and a half minutes, but yeah. it is it's the kind of hit that really does get your heart rate up. And then you're, you know, I'm forced to then stop and catch my breath before I go again. And that is what makes hit so beneficial. It's not the like, okay, now I'm going to run and play. So I do some push-ups in between during my rest time. It's like, no, I'm really getting all the benefits of the programming by following it to the letter. So I'm, I'm very much enjoying this right now. Mm, I like the sound of that. It's good. Yeah. How about you, Mars? Oh, I'm doing something completely different. You guys make me feel lazy over here. <laughs> like I thought my workouts were challenging. Then I listened to that. And I was like, oh, wow, I should step up my game. No way. Because I watch, you've been showing a lot of your training on stories yeah. recently, which you haven't done before. And your training looks friggin' hard. I'm seeing yeah, your I, I, I have been, you know, I was kind of going back and forth. I'm not the best with stories. I will admit sometimes I'm just like, what do people want to see? Do they care about my training? And so I did a little poll the other day, like, do you actually want to see this. And I think the majority of people said yes. So part of my intention with showing my lifts is to show what proper form and execution looks like the importance of tempo and what actually taking your sets to failure or close to failure looks like, because that's where I think a lot of people are missing the mark when it comes to actually getting the results from their training is they are not pushing the intensity. And when I'm mean, or when I say intensity, I mean, taking the set to as close to failure as possible. Like I probably could not do one or two more with good form. And even the program that I'm doing right now, which I will explain in a little bit, uh, most of the exercises, unless it is a unsupported movement, like for your lower back. So let's say an RDL, a squat, a barbell row, something like that. Like all sets are supposed to be taken to like actual technical failure where you could not do another one. Um, so maybe the last one is like, Oh, I only got half of the rep that's failure. Mm -hmm. So it is a program called Valkyrie. It's written by Paul Carter. I have been working with Paul now since January of 2020. So I started, or I hired him to do my one-on-one programming right after I came out of my fat loss phase. When I was in my fat loss phase, I was doing Jordan's programming, Jordan Syatt, who is Kim's coach have done either Jordan or Brett Contreras' workouts for years. And I was just kind of, I guess, burnt out on the really heavy lifting. So the heavy squatting, the heavy benching, the heavy deadlifting, and was at a point in like my business and just the season of life where I would, that I was in, where I didn't want to mentally have to put that much energy into my lifts. So when I knew, oh, it's like four by five heavy deadlift today, like I really had to psych myself up for that. And to be honest, I mean, there was a point in my life when I did really enjoy heavy deadlifting and like, I would get psyched for it. And now I just, I I don't, and I much prefer the kind of like Katie was saying, hypertrophy training, the more bro-y bodybuilding type workouts. Like that's really what started me on my lifting journey. And my body feels better. I recover better and I just enjoy my lifting. So, uh, it started with four days per week, um, And now it has transitioned into five days, which is new for me. I have not lifted five days in a week for a very long time. So it's three leg days. I mean, Valkyrie is essentially like 
a glutes program because it's for women. So that's what most women want to bring up. I'm the opposite. I want my shoulders bigger. I'm like, give Mm -hmm. me all the back and the shoulders. So when Paul was doing my one-on-one programming, uh, he was asking me, you know, what do you want to focus on? And we had a little more emphasis on upper body, but Oh gosh, I guess like six months ago, he said, I'm no longer doing one-on-one programming. So you're going to have to switch to the group. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And I've been enjoying it so far, but it's intense. It's different in the sense that we only take one or two sets to all out failure. So it's not like four sets of 10 and each one you're going to failure. We do what we call like ramp up sets or warm up sets where you just get the muscle accumulator acclimated to what you're going to be doing. And then you rest three minutes and then it's like one hard set all out. Um, so it's kind of nice. You're like, all right, <laughs> if I'm really not feeling it today, at least I know that's all I have to do. Mm. And it's, it's brutal. It really is. So, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, so yeah, that is what I am up to. And I guess that will segue into how we actually got started into fitness, which it sounds like was the group exercise programs. So Katie, we'll start with you this time. It sure was for me. Uh, I mean, I think my first like baby steps into fitness were those days in college when it was, you know, get on the elliptical for an hour. And and that was kind of what I thought fitness was like, how far can I run? How much time can I spend on the elliptical? Can I hit the thousand calorie mark? Like it was all sort of very unhealthy cardio-based behaviors. And and I just didn't know. I I didn't know what I didn't know back then. Um, and then once, uh, you know, cut to after I had my kids and I was a little bit more educated and I had like the resources to hire someone to, you know, to help me with programming, um, I did small group fitness and, uh, I, you know, I did it at a couple different places and it was all everything incorporated strength training to some degree. So dumbbells, um, kettlebells, um, and everything also within that programming. I mean, it was circuit programming that I think you can get in any number of ways currently. And I loved that for a lot of reasons. I mean, I, I saw some, it helped me lose some baby weight for sure. I saw some great results. There was awesome accountability. I had a really fun core group of people. Like half the time was spent laughing. Half the time was spent working. Like it was way more about the experience and the culture for me than anything else. And that is exactly what I needed at that point in my life. And it was a beautiful thing. And I think that's one of the best things about group fitness is the camaraderie. And I think, you know, CrossFit really sort of owns this too, where you've got this community. And uh, and I think there's a lot of gyms that, that have that as well. And for me, what shifted was, um, you know, I stopped seeing results. Like what, what got you here won't get you there. You, you hear very often. And unfortunately I just thought I needed to just work harder, but it doesn't matter how hard you row if you're rowing in the wrong direction. And I didn't Mm -hmm. realize that I had to tweak my angle a little bit to start to align with new goals because I had really sort of grown into everything I was going to achieve within those types of workouts but I didn't know where to go next. And so I instead just burned myself into the ground by working harder. And then there was, you know, I started, it elicited pain in my body and insatiable hunger and, um, you know, goals to just burn more and more and more calories. And I, I didn't quite know where to go next. It stopped working. I didn't know why. And I had to tap out. Yeah, I hear that. Kim, what about you? So my beginnings were actually with very similar to group fitness with, with the, um, 
fitness DVDs and VCR tapes, even. I mean, Marcy, you and I have talked about some of the ones that we used to do back in the day, you know, when I was much younger, I did like the firm and uh, those kinds of things. I did a lot of, you know, step aerobic type stuff. And then over the years moved on to doing all I, but there were so many, like every season of the biggest loser had workout DVDs and you could buy those. And I was a big fan back in the day. And so I would do those. Um, of course, you know, if you're doing workout DVDs, P90X did P90X, those kinds of things. And then I eventually did transfer over to doing group fitness at our local YMCA. We have a really nice Y. I have to say I was never in love with them. They stressed me out. Group fitness stressed me out. I did Zumba and I did cardio kickboxing and I had a 30 minute abs class. I did some Pio. And I'll tell you about my, my most crazy experience. I did a boot camp and then I did a, I don't know what that next one was called. It wasn't called advanced boot camp, but that's what it was. And um, this is as I was getting more fit. This is right before I started lifting. This is when I went from being obese and then I lost a bunch of weight. And then when my dad died, I regained a bunch of it again. This is kind of when I had lost, I was right around 40. I had lost a bunch of weight trying to get fit still. Um, the reason group fitness always stressed me out. There were two reasons. One, I found it incredibly stressful that class started at an upper particular time. And I had to get me and my kids and my kids settled in, like in the, the, the daycare thing and be there at a certain time. I'm much more of a, like, let me get ready to work out. And like, you know, it takes 10 or 15 minutes and then I can do it on my own. So that stressed me out. And the other thing that stressed me out is comparing. And I know it's a terrible habit, but I would always be comparing myself to everybody else in that room. Like she does it better. She knows what she's doing. Like I, it was really, challenging for me to, and I would spend so much mental energy trying to talk myself out of comparing myself to everybody else in the class. Um, I did enjoy some of it. I really liked Zumba because I thought it was fun. I liked the music, but the boot camp one, and I was like, wow, this is like the, probably the best exercise class ever. I'm sure. So I signed up for the advanced one after I finished whatever the session was, it was a couple of months. And I showed up for the advanced one, one night and they had us, I can't even remember what the workout was, but it was so terrible. And at one point we had to leave the room and like run the track and like we were in the, and we would run and then we would drop and do like burpees. And like, it was a lot of stuff. And I was feeling worse and worse as the class went on. And finally I had to run to the bathroom and I was leaning over the toilet and I was trying to keep the vomit in my mouth. Like I didn't actually, cause like they could hear me. The bathroom was like attached to the room. And I was like, I cannot have these people hear me throwing up. Like I was so sick. Like they just beat us into the ground. I never went back to that class. And that was the last time I exercised, um, before I started putting all my weight back on. Oh, Kim, I had never heard that story before. I know. I don't know why I've never shared. That's just never, it's never come up. Oh, better late than never. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. But, uh, I'm very similar to you. I had forgotten that you did the firm as well. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know about the firm, we're really dating ourselves right now. I mean, this goes <laughs> I back don't to even know the firm. 20, 25 years ago, I was probably 12, maybe even younger. And I don't even know how I got the money to buy this thing because it was off of an infomercial. And I will say the women in the firm were jacked. They indeed were. <laughs> so they indeed were. And it's a perfect representation of some people look the way they do in spite of what they do, not because of what they do. So I'm sure they did not get that... <laughs> those bodies doing the firm, but they did not. They sure made me believe it. They got my I money. I can assure you they, they did me not. And aunt, <laughs> me and Kim's money, me and Kim, that was horrible <laughs> grammar, <laughs> my and Kim's money. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, it was these two little plastic steps that were maybe a foot in diameter each. 
and they stacked on top of each other. So you could do squats, you could do step ups, lunges, things like that. So it was compound movements. Like it wasn't horrible for what it was, but eventually, you know, you capped out in terms of how much weight you could lift and all of that. So that's where I got my start. And then I also started to do other VHS tapes that I had found, you know, in the living room, because that's what my mom had used. So Kathy Smith and some other ones as well that were cardio based. And then I bought some other ones that, yeah, were more boot camp. I think I did Billy Blank's Tybo. Mm, I did that. those. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was good times. And then I finally joined a gym when I was, I think in middle school. So my mom and my sister-in-law and I, we would go and take step classes and I loved them. Step classes were great. And, you know, I was like doing all these fancy moves off the step. Like always have had that, what I call the banana roll fat, which is the, the fat between like your butt and your hamstring. And so I was trying to do all these kickback type things on the step, like hoping mm, that that would go away. That was the solution. <laughs> Definitely not. It's still there. Um, but yeah, I, like Katie said, I enjoyed it. It was what we did kind of like brought the family together in a sense. I loved the instructor. She was so much fun. There were a couple of instructors that I took from. So the energy was really great. Uh, so yeah, step class was really the, the one group fitness class that I took. I didn't take a lot of the ones that had a weight component. So I did body pump a couple of times and I was like, this is awful. Never again. I took one spin class, same thing. It was so painful, like to sit there. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my experience. And to Katie's point, didn't really see the results that I was looking for. So I really got into weight training more seriously. I think when I was a sophomore in high school, my then boyfriend and I would go to the gym and we would lift and, and then I got really into it in college where I was doing some like intense workouts, uh, from a website called T nation, which was essentially like a bodybuilder website. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but still at the same time, taking a few group classes. So a couple like the aerobic classes, because I was addicted to exercise at that time. It was like the more, the better. So I'm going to, you know, go to the class in the morning and get my cardio in or do the step mill. And then I'll go back and I'll lift weights. And I was spinning my wheels essentially for years. So, uh, it wasn't until I was, had graduated from college, met a bodybuilder friend. And he was like, yeah, we're going to put a hard stop to all of that and just focus on lifting and and doing some supplemental cardio, more moderate intensity. So what we will call at this point, concurrent training, I guess, for lack of a better word, which is strength training, but also doing some cardio in addition to that. But the strength work, the lifting of the weights was the, was the, the primary focus. Mm -hmm. It really is that more is more mentality in group fitness, in my experience. Anyway, it wasn't until I shifted into more weight training that I understood that I'm going to get a lot farther taking rest days than if I do, you know, six days a week of orange theory. And then on day seven, do a 90 minute class instead of a 60 minute class as like something fun. Like Mm -hmm. that didn't end well for me. No, absolutely not. So I think that's what I want to talk about next is what are some of the limitations of these group fitness classes? And when I'm talking group fitness, we can say body pump, Zumba, CrossFit, Orange Theory, there's one called Burn Boot Camp, and there are F45. There are so many different ones at this point. They're more like a boot camp style workout. But 
I see the limitations. I know you ladies do as well, but it can be very difficult to break women of that mindset and get them away from the group fitness, the kind of like breathless burning. I'm going for a feel type of workout rather than I'm doing this with purpose and intention uh, to, to change my physique, to get stronger, whatever the case may be. So Kim, what do you see as the limitation? Well, I think it comes to the most important question is what is a person's goal? So what is your goal with whatever modality you're going to choose? You need to be really clear about that before you decide to do something. If your goal is to like, I just need to find some way to move, like, you know, the physical activity guidelines, we should be getting 150 hours, 150 hours, 150 minutes of exercise a week. And if you use group fitness as a way to help you move, great. That's fantastic. And, you know, and if you love the sense of community and you think like, this is a fun way, like, and I need to get out of the house and be away from my kids. That's fantastic. If one of your goals is to look fit, tone, lean, defined, if you want that look, you need to choose a tool that's going to get you that. And these classes are not set up for that. They can be a great beginner way for somebody to feel comfortable at a gym, to be comfortable doing anything fitness related. And I like them for that as well, but they are, the rest times aren't, aren't conducive to building, um, to building muscle, to building strength. Um, it's not the environment that's going to help you get that lean tone defined look. Katie, what about you? What are your thoughts? Well, I think we talked before about how our bodies are really just adaptation machines. And so it's going to adapt to the signal that you're sending it. And the group fitness classes frequently are sending a, uh, a burning, a cardio signal and not a building signal. So the adaptation your body is then going to form is becoming really efficient with calories. So maybe you did burn 500 calories in that group fitness class the first month months you were doing it. But if you're still in it, 16, 18, 20 months later, I guarantee you, your body is managed to adapt to it and become a lot more efficient. Cut to if you're doing something more like strength training and that's the adaptation you're forming, you're going to see those results on your body. And those are, those are the workouts that are going to make you look like you actually work out. Um, and unfortunately, the, the sweaty group sort of cardio with weights situation can feel really good in the moment. And, and then after you're done, you know, there's the great release of endorphins, but that is that signal is not going to reshape your body. It's great for your heart. It's great for your brain. It certainly has a place in, um, in, in a workout regimen if it makes you happy. And Kim, like you said, I think too, for me, it was like, okay, my kids are taken care of. So I'm gonna do whatever I, ha- I can do in this time to take care of my children. But I think, um, you know, the biggest limiting factor in them is that they, send a, a, a burn signal, not a build signal generally. And for a lot of women, that's what they think they want, right? They think (laughs) what they need, like I need to go burn some calories. That's the thing that's going to get me lean tone defined looking how I want to look. And it's actually not the thing that they need. Right. Thank you. Yes. And quite a bit of flawed logic there too, because we really don't know how many calories you're burning from those workouts. So it could say that you're burning thousand, uh, likely not. That's probably an overstatement. And then to your point, Katie, when you have been doing that for a long period of time then your body is going to adapt. So now you're going to need to go longer, push harder to burn the same amount of calories, like your body, like, or the, the fitness tracker 
does not know what's going on in your body. Like it's just going off of the heart rate and all that, not actually the internal biological processes that are happening. It cannot account for those adaptations. So yeah, you may think that you're burning a thousand and maybe you are at first, but a couple of weeks later, now that has been downregulated. So that is something that I think is uh, a misconception. And yeah, like you said, Kim, there's just always such a focus on how many calories can you burn? And even classes like orange theory, you know, they put the heart rate up, you know, on the monitor and you have to beat that and you have to, you know, like beat how many calories that you burned or they show how many calories you're burned. And, uh, it's putting the emphasis on the wrong thing. And then when you are always trying to beat that time and burn more calories, get your heart rate higher, then it becomes very difficult to what we were talking about earlier, progressively overload the resistance training component of the workout. You may be progressively overloading your heart rate, but not going to get the, the look that you're going for. If what you want is that tone defined physique, if you want more muscle, you have to progressively overload on how many reps you are doing on how much weight you are lifting. And if there is very minimal rest in between sets and your heart is being out of your chest, you're breathing really hard, kind of like to Kim's point from her experience with the boot camp, and you're in the, the bathroom wanting to throw up good <laughs> luck good luck lifting more weight. So I'll just use an example from my own training. If people are a little bit confused as to what that progression should look like. So in my workouts, the first week, and I think with yours too, when you work with Jordan, uh, is more of a deload week or a break in week. So yeah. we're getting used to the new movements. We're giving our body a little bit of a break or recovery from hitting it hard in the weeks prior with the previous program. And then after that break in week where it's not just like super lightweight, you know, you're putting some effort into it, but you're not going to be using the heaviest weight possible. Mm -hmm. But then after that, you are trying to beat the log book by either increasing reps, increasing weight. Those are the two forms of progression that I like the most. The other ones that you can use are, you know, slowing down the tempo, using better form, all of that. But eventually like that's going to be a limitation as well. So I posted a reel a couple of days ago from showing like the last three weeks of my training. So I was doing Bulgarian split squats, everybody's favorite exercise. <laughs> I'm being facetious yeah. on that one. <laughs> one of the hardest exercises you can do. And if you want a cardio workout, if you want to feel the breathlessness, the burning, then do a higher up set of those and yes. you'll feel it. Um, but one of the best exercises you can do for your entire lower body so I think on week one, I started with 20 pound dumbbells for 10 reps. And even that felt a little bit challenging because it was at the end of the workout. And then the next week I was like, okay, I am going to bring it up to 25 pound dumbbells thinking that I probably was not going to get all 10 reps. I surprised myself. I got the 10, it was challenging. And then the week after now I'm at the third week, I'm thinking to myself, okay, do I want to do more reps or do I want to see what I can do with the thirties? Cause I don't remember the last time that I've used the thirties for Bulgarian split squats. So it's like, well, let's just pick up the thirties. If I only get two reps, Hey, I get two reps and then I'll drop it back down to 25. Oh, to my surprise, I got all 10 again. And it was, it was a grinder. Right. And then now next week or this coming week, I know that I'm not going to be able to go up to the 35s because two sets were programmed and I did drop back down to the 25 for the second set. Cause I did not think that I would get all 10. Um, but it was nice to know that, Hey, I can do it with the thirties. And now I will beat, 
I will try to improve upon that by doing maybe 11 reps or 12 reps, or maybe using the 30s for both sets. That is progressive overload. That's what you want to be focusing on if your goal is to get stronger, to build more muscle, and to really change the shape of your body mm-hmm. for the long term. And there's not really a good way to translate what Marcy just described into that group fitness setting. Mm-hmm. Right? That would be incredibly hard to do in one of these classes, if not impossible to do. And that's the missing ingredient, right? There's not long enough rest times. There's not this emphasis on, I need to be able to push heavier weight. It's cardio with weights. It's cardio with weights. Yeah. And that's the thing that I had mentioned earlier, but the rest time in between those two sets of split squats was three minutes. It's a long time. And that bores most people to tears. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I program for my clients, I understand that. And eventually they will come around to longer rest periods. They'll start to enjoy the longer rest periods. Like if you are working hard enough, you want those rest periods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I even mentioned in my stories yesterday, this lower body workout was four exercises total. And if you're pushing yourself hard enough, you're not going to want to do more than four exercises. Yeah. You know? Um, so kind of like getting over that mental hurdle, but I do know that in the beginning, when summer, someone is newer to progressive overload type strength training, that there's going to be that mental barrier. They're going to want to shorten the rest periods. So I will do more superset type training. So, okay, we'll pair a upper body and a lower body exercise or a push and a pull, and then give them briefer rest periods in between those sets because they're working opposing muscle groups. And then maybe 60 to 90 seconds at the end of the superset. So they feel like they're not resting quite as long, but it's enough to allow the muscle to recover so they can still hit it hard again in the next set. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I like to break women into a more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Beneficial <laughs> way yeah. of training. It's an important what thing to do. Cause, uh, you know, the women who come to me right now, the women in my aging stronger society, they really, uh, I've had so many questions about the rest times on, on the training plan. So I just, they're like, this is really long. Like, why do I need to rest for two minutes? Like, mm-hmm. and, or they'll say, they'll tell me like what they can't do. And when I question them on the rest, they're not, they're not resting at all. Um, some people, ladies who are listening, when we say rest, we don't mean go do a cardio burst. That's not rest, <laughs> like legitimately rest. You can walk around. I walk around. Sometimes I'll purposely like slowly walk around my gym, either to get more steps or just to not let myself get distracted on something that's going to make my two or three minutes turn into five. Um, uh, AKA look at my phone. Um, that's happened to me before, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Leave the phone alone. Um, really the thing that comes back to is I just, I keep explaining to them what you had just said, which is, I think it was you, maybe it was Katie said it, the idea that if you're working hard enough, you're going to need that rest time, right? You're not going to be able to like, feel like what I want right now is a cardio burst. Like you're going to need to like, you're going to need that rest. And by the time you track the weight and maybe put on additional weight, if you're working with a barbell and if you're something I always like to do to check my form is to record myself. And if you want to watch back and see how your Mm -hmm. form looks, you just ate up that rest time before you know it. So there are definitely things you can do to help yourself improve in the space and and get more confident. um, That don't just mean sitting there twiddling your thumbs if you're trying to, you know, not open Instagram. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, Kim, you mentioned that, that Jordan Syatt, your coach, I've done his programming as well. Um, he and Susan Niebergall are awesome when it comes to form videos and talking you through exactly how and why to execute a certain movement and how just small nuanced shifts in how your body is positioned can really make a difference in efficiency. And so those are the things that I'm looking at in between sets. I'm looking at my body. Do they look like Jordan's videos? Do, do I see an opportunity? Um, what, are, what are the cues that he said? Like, what am I trying to do with my hips on this hinge movement? So to, it's, I mean, you really do need to focus and there's a lot of mental energy that goes into it too. And I do think that that is sometimes a stumbling block for women because I hear people say, I just don't, I wanna be told what to do. Like, I don't wanna have to um, think about anything. I don't wanna have to track anything. I just wanna like be told what to do. And I, and again, I get that. Like if you don't have any sort of, if you are at a point in your life, you don't have a lot of energy to manage that. Um, I, I can understand the appeal, but that is a part of the process. And, and it's one that um, is, it, it, it requires work. And, you know, we'd be remiss to not mention that that exists too. And it's not just about picking up the heavy things, but about um, wrapping your head around it too. And, it, and, it's, and it's important. So yeah, finding someone like Jordan or a program where you can see the movements being done well will be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I also want to touch on the, the concept of like purpose and intensity when it comes to the training, which I think is really important. And so tempo is where I'm going with this. So what the tempo would look like, there's the concentric phase, there's the eccentric phase, there's the pause at the top. So I'll use my workouts again, as an example, last night, I was doing a quad focused workout and I started with leg extensions and it was a two second pause at the top, a three second lower. Like that is brutal. You want to burn that'll burn. Um, so I think that with these group fitness type classes, and again, the trying to beat the, the time, you know, go faster, get your heart rate up higher. There's a lot of flailing around, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. you're really not like the, the muscle is not being put under enough tension to elicit that adaptation. Right. Um, so that's another thing too. If you want to get more of a training stimulus, and still feel that burn and that strain and lower or slow down the tempo Add a pause or two at the top or at the bottom, something like that is going to really kick things up a notch to be surprised. Absolutely. So ladies, I know we only have about eight minutes left. There is a couple of other points that I want to touch on that I think gets overlooked. And that is the stress response of these types of workouts. So the majority of women, at least, you know, myself, I know you ladies included, like we've got a lot going on, not me, but kids, you know, you guys have kids, we got, um, you know, families, jobs, all these responsibilities and who is not stressed out of their mind these days. Like the majority of us are the majority of our clients or the women who are the women who are listening to this podcast are very stressed. Maybe they're not eating enough. Maybe they're not sleeping enough. There's all of these compounding variables that are filling the stress bucket. And then now, and you go, you go and put this high intensity workout on top of that. And you're just adding way more fuel to the fire. So it is going to increase cortisol way more than a traditional strength training workout. And it's going to be very difficult for your body to recover from that. So if you are not seeing the gains or the results, it's likely due to your body not being able to recover from the stimulus that you're putting upon it because Mm -hmm. it's so stressful. 
Yeah. And often women are doing those classes in combinations with the crazy um, slash and burn calorie method, right? So they're down yeah. at 1200 calories and they're doing a class a day of these super high intensity classes. And that is, uh, you know, a recipe for exactly what Marcy just described there of not being able to recover. Um, so if you are going to use these classes, you need to fuel yourself appropriately with your calories and be judicious in the number of these that you do per week. Yeah. I, that's so important to mention because, you know, the collateral damage is extensive. Um, it, it, it's, you know, it obviously it sucks when you're not hitting your goal. Like everybody wants to be like, gosh, I'm working so hard. I want to look in the mirror and I want to see it. But in addition to that, not happening, if you are, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, but not getting a new result, you could also be affecting your hormones. You're mm -hmm. like you said, with cortisol, your sleep's probably going to be off. For me personally, I got to a point where I started to have insatiable hunger because my burn was so high. I was constantly trying to burn calories and move more. And I was just never satisfied. So I ended up um, overextending how much I was eating during a period when I was trying really hard to actually keep things reined in a little bit. Um, and on top of all that, there was pain. I also found that I had hip pain because I was trying to hit these benchmarks and, and hit these mile times and hit these rowing times. And I would, you know, have like scabs on my tailbone from the rower and, you know, deep, deep pain in my hips um, that I couldn't even sleep on one of my sides from trying to run and get my speed up to numbers that were just not necessary. So um, I think it's, it's important to make sure that if you are going to put all of this energy into something, make sure you're getting a return on your investment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe touch on a couple of red flags to look for that perhaps these workouts are no longer working for you. Katie, I think you touched on quite a few. So insatiable hunger poor sleep poor recovery in the sense that, you know, you're sore all the time. You're not getting stronger. Any others? Um, I mean, if you have a transaction required mentality too, like if you've gotten to the point where you're like, I don't feel like I can go to Sunday brunch unless I get this workout in first, I feel like yes. that's the red flag too. Sometimes that mentality perpetuates in, in an environment like that as well. well. And I think that those, I think those environments perpetuate it. Oh, do the workout so you can go earn your brunch or mm -hmm. do the workout so you can burn off your brunch. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think those are things that are even just like, you know, I don't know that the instructors would be seriously saying that, but just kind of things that people say there, right? Like, you know, we're, you know, we're going to earn that donut next, right? Like burn off that donut from your, or like right after a holiday, you know, we're going to burn off that, that meal you had yesterday. And I don't necessarily think they're trying to be harmful, but I think being aware that that language, that when you hear things like that, just letting it go in one ear and out the other and not, you know, investing in the idea that, yes, that's what I need to do. I need mm -hmm. to work it off. Absolutely. I mean, and I, I will say too, I think that these things, these classes can be woven into a program. I mean, whatever, whatever programming you're doing, I don't think it's fair to say, okay, if you have a goal and if you want to sculpt a physique, you've got to walk away from these classes. That's, I don't think any of us are saying that. And I feel like right. it's important that we sort of follow up with this because again, we talked about a lot of the benefits, right? Especially the, the cognitive ones um, of, of this type of um, workout. And so it's just, important to remember that we're peppering it in, in a responsible way. 
I was basically doing it in a very irresponsible way. And I went off the deep end. And uh, I think that's where my story sort of ended and how I transitioned. But I recognize that there are plenty of people out there who are, who are responsible if these workouts yeah. and you're leading them in in a different way. I think that the overall story we want you to leave you with is if you love them, do them. Make sure you're very well aware of what your goal is and is this a tool that is helping you reach your goal. If it is not, if your goal is like, wait, I really do want to look more lean toned and fine. It doesn't mean you have to throw these out altogether. Mm -hmm. Reduce the amount of the, the frequency with which you do them, bring up the actual strength training and, you know, sprinkle these in to get that, like that endorphin rush, that joy of being with your friends that, you know, like, just like, you know, you might go outside for a walk or go shopping at the mall. Not everything has to be about building your physique, right? This could just be something fun you do to get some activity in. Yes. There is play. a place for these classes. And play is so important. That's something yes. I'm how to do too. So Absolutely. I agree, Kim. I think that's so well said. Well, thanks so much for being with us here today uh, on this episode. We'll be back again next week. And very soon, we'll be bringing you an episode about body image like we chatted about in the beginning. Yes, looking forward to that. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks, ladies. Bye. Bye.